those of you who are newer, this ground, I actually graduated from high school in this building, and, uh, but that sanctuary, I was pretty much born on that pew over there at that sanctuary, played basketball and sports and, and all that, but this is back in the early 60s is where Pastor Jim Hammond and others began to clear the ground from this property, and uh, some of you, some of you, raise your hand if you were there during that time. Some of you were there. You were there when it happened. And so we have an immense amount of history. So we've come full circle after being sent out over to Kirkland and then from Kirkland back over to here. And now we're returning to where we have known, you know, God was calling us all along and has, in His right timing, His perfect timing, has provided that space for us. So we have, uh, as we've said, we're in the process of God changing our name. We're not just changing our name because we want to, but we're changing our name. And we, in changing our name, are we, are we walking away from our history? Are we walking away from our roots, our foundations? Let me ask you a question. Was Abram walking away from his roots, history, and foundation when God changed his name? Was God cutting him off from all of those things? No. How about Jacob when he changed his name to Israel? Was he cutting him off from all his roots and history? No, I'd say he wasn't cutting him off from his history. He was cutting some of his history off of him. Leaving those things behind so that he could move forward. See, Jacob, with the way that his character had been formed and shaped through various experiences and different things in his life, it revealed what was going on in his heart. And so God came along because God has a plan and we all get to be a part of that plan. Many people are out there searching for their destiny and they'll never find it. Because we're really searching for God's destiny. We get to be a part of the destiny of Christ. He's had a purpose and a plan for all of eternity. And here we are getting to be a part of it. So, Were they losing their history and their foundations and changing their names? God was changing their identity. He was cutting them off from curses associated with the unredemptive aspects of their lives. It's like a woman who gets married, you know, she's not forsaking her family roots, but being released into a new future. The uh, church name, the, as, as elders, we received a, uh, a prophetic word from somebody in, in here and and uh, in regards to the church name, we really re- this, some of these things really resonated with us. And I wanted to share some of them with you. Here's part of it in regards to the name. Gaining revelation and knowing God's name and His identity for us will give strength back to you on the difficult days in the future. It's going to give strength to you in the difficult days in the future that the Lord has called it into being. That's what we have to rest on, that God is the one who names us. When we, when we gave our children names, we, we gave them the names. God gave us that privilege, but we were asking Him for that, those names. And they have all come into their identity. They are who their names say they are. And you'll find that true with your children. They, they respond to that shaping and that, those words. He is the giver of life, and there will be days... You will fall on Him and remember the power of the words He spoke to you for the future of His church. He will keep you. He will keep you. Abraham and Jacob became carriers and conduits of God's covenant, His promise and blessing. Without this transformation, God's work in and through their lives would not have been possible. And that's what God has been doing with us here He's been um, taking off those various things before He can release us into the future. They had nothing to lose, right? Jacob had nothing to lose but his controlling, manipulative ways that kept him from entering into the promise of God. Praise God. I want those things coming off of me. Anybody else? In our marriages, in our parenting, in our relationships, in any way. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. 
Nothing's gonna hold me back. Nothing's gonna hold God back from having His way in my life. Let us strip those things off, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. I hate those ones that so easily hinder my progress. It's like, ah, oh, got me again. Okay, not next time though. Not next time. I'm pressing forward. Let us run with endurance and the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. You say that with me? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. So, have we finished our assignment here? It might be kind of nebulous, you know. Well, what, what did we really accomplish here? There's something as we came in here that we said, there's something in the Spirit that is going to be counteracted, that is going to be turned around. We returned to our original roots here that started back in the 1960s. We returned to the roots of Christianity in the sense of coming back here to this Jewish school, which was amazing that, you know, when we began to consider the ramifications of that. So have we finished our assignment here at this location? After much prayer, consideration, our answer as an eldership, and I believe this resonates in all of us, is a resounding yes. Yes. Yes, the assignment is complete. We believe that we were sent here to accomplish specific aspects of restoring, redeeming, healing for this region, for this area, things that had been torn apart from years ago. Let me read another aspect of this prophetic word that was given to us. A people who are willing to leave what is behind and reach to God for what is ahead. Trusting God will use and purify what is in all of us from the past as pure gold for what lies ahead. Pure gold. A people willing to keep their eyes fixed on Jesus no matter what is before them, casting off all restraint with one heart. He is not looking for a perfect people. He is looking for a willing people in all their imperfections. To walk in faith beyond themselves, beyond their history, beyond any circumstances screaming at them at the moment. A willing people walking in His living waters of healing and life-giving power. Allowing the exchange to take place personally and corporately with Him. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you please turn to Psalm 145. Absolutely one of my favorite Psalms. Psalm 145. What we're going to do is just going to read through some scripture here, and then we're going to take some time for us together to talk out loud and participate in this time and and talk about, answer a couple questions um, having to do with what has God done? What are we grateful for? What are we thankful for that God has accomplished in us this year? What can we respond back to Jesus? Say, Jesus, thank you for this. And then as well, to talk about what are we grateful for in our church family here? Who are you specifically grateful for? Someone who has, the Lord has used to really make an impact on your life. Psalm 145. I will praise you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. I will bless you every day, and I'll praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is the most worthy of praise. His greatness is beyond discovery. Beyond discovery. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Each generation telling their children. Right, Elisha? That's right, buddy. I will, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles.
That's what we're going to do. We're going to meditate on those things. We're going to repeat those things. What has God done? How has He been faithful to us? Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every single tongue. Every tongue. I will proclaim Your greatness. Everyone will share the story of Your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy of Your righteousness. Love it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 16 through 18. Always be joyful. Keep on praying. No matter what happens, always be thankful, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Did you get those? Always be what? Joyful. Keep on praying. No matter what happens, always be thankful. Now, why is this? So, we're going to, in asking that question, let's back up here to verse 9. Why are we always rejoicing and thankful no matter what happens? Look at verse 9. God decided to save us through our Lord Jesus. God decided to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out His anger on us. Why do we sing? Why do we dance? Why do we act like crazy fools? Because He decided to save us. Can we ever get too familiar with this? May we never get familiar with the simplicity of the Gospel. He died for us so that we can live with Him forever, whether we're dead or alive at the time of His return. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. That's why we're always joyful. That's why we keep on praying. And no matter what happens, we're always thankful for this is God's will for us who belong to Christ Jesus. Colossians 2, 6-7. through seven. Colossians 2, 6-7. through seven. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to live in obedience to Him. Let your roots grow down into Him. Let your roots grow down into Him. And draw up nourishment from Him. Where are your roots? Where are our roots as a people? Where are we drawing nourishment? Where do we gain strength? Are they in Him? Are they in foreign policy? Are they in... The events of the world, are they in science? Are they in... Is our stability, is our security dependent upon whether or not we have power? Whether or not we have water? How do we know when we're going to get food if you know disasters happen and we can look at all these different... Where is our security? Let your roots grow down deep into Him and draw up nourishment from Him so you will grow in faith, strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all He has done. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all He has done. What do we get excited about? He's talking about overflow. Let your lives overflow. That's something that's brimming over. Are we, are we overflowing with gratefulness and thankfulness to Him? What do we get excited about? Sometimes it takes, you know, a laser light show and some, you know, some crazy stuff happening f- to move us at all, for us to get excited. Do we get excited about the things that God is excited about? Okay, Trout family, it's time to spend some time together as a family in the Word and in prayer. Oh, Dad. Hey, Trout family, it's time to spend time together as a family. Let's go watch a movie. Yeah! Dad is great! You know? Not that movies are bad, but what are we excited about? What are the things that get our juices going? What are the things that sustain us in life? 
Let our lives overflow with thanksgiving for all He has done. One more, Psalm 34, 1-3. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly, constantly speak His praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Do you have any idea, my God, what He has done? I will boast in Him. He's the man. I love Him. I'm so proud of Him. I'll boast only in the Lord. Let all who are discouraged take heart. Let Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us, ex- let us exalt His name together. In light of this, I want to take an opportunity for us just to share the goodness of God. So in 30 seconds or less, you're just going to stand up right where you are and you're going to just share something, again, those two questions. What has Jesus done in your life over the last year and a half? And maybe just as we talked about here a few weeks ago where we were pointing out the giftings that are here in this body, we're going to talk about how has somebody really impacted you? How did God use them just to really bless your life? in a way that was totally unexpected. But you just saw the life of the body of Jesus being ministered to you. Raise your hand. Um, I just love being here. Since the first day I came here, I just could feel the Holy Spirit. And every day I come and I'm seeking Him, He is here. And just this last year... I have been so concerned. I'm divorced, and I'm not with my children every night like I wanted to be, like I dreamed of having children and raising them every night. And so I have prayed earnestly before God that He would give us opportunity that when our children are here, that He would show Himself to them. Because not being there every night, I'm not sure that they are going to see God in my life. And that is what I really desire most for my children. Hmm. Well, He comes every time. He's there, and He answers our prayers. He speaks to our children and through our children. I mean, from clearing up traffic to healing sick relatives, when we pray together as a family, God is so good. Just, Just trust Him. Trust the Holy Spirit. He is so good. He wants to show you His love through the amazing things that you do. Faith of a child, it's amazing. It's... Anyway. Amen. Amen. I'm sorry, i got to jump up and say something, but this is something that God did over the last year and a half today, this morning. And I was telling Todd a little bit earlier, but I got up this morning and I was reading in Psalms and it said, man, when I could not change, God, I said, Lord, help. And you delivered me and you changed me. And, I said, and it brought me back to when I was 17 and I'd been taking drugs for six months and trying to stop every single day. And I couldn't stop and I said, Lord, help. And he'd help. And he started changing me, and he brought me Sue into my life at 17 years of age. And then at 20, we were both came to the Lord, and I was completely delivered by that time. And I just had, it said in the Psalms this morning, you got to tell the congregation what God has done. <laughs> you know, and I thought, I am. And I'll tell you, when that thing said, the chains fell off and I am free, man, that caused me to dance. If you saw me dancing this morning, I was dancing because what he did for me at 17 years of age. When I said, Lord, help. Have you ever said, Lord, help? Mm. Yeah, have you done that in the last year and a half? He did it, didn't he? He helped, didn't he? Amen. Really excited to finally give a proper thank you to everyone because what God did for Rod and I in this last year, he actually used this facility, this very facility, uh, (laughs) to to show his love, his his. Love and I was humbled by his love this last year and a half. Both Rod and I were. The gratitude just goes beyond because he, God has loved you because of your love for us. Every single one of you took care of us. Every single one of you prayed for us. Every single one of you loved on us. And uh, there were times on the couch where waves of love drowned me. And it drowned my pride and it drowned my self uh, sufficiency and it did a lot more but um but in 30 seconds we finally get to thank you verbally thank you and um, are grateful for god for every single one of you i was gonna say yeah for some of you who don't know 
you came in this morning and come down those steep stairs. Well, one morning we got here and uh, she, Ember was about halfway down and she took a tumble and uh, completely shattered uh, the bones in her leg uh, from like the knee down and was a number of surgeries and all kinds of things. It just makes me cringe just to think about that. And uh, so God has completely restored her and moving forward. So, And we don't have stairs to get into this facility. So, yeah. <laughs> Straight shot. Hi, everyone. Whoa. <laughs> Name, rank, and serial number? Not today. <laughs> I love Pastor Eric and... His wife, uh, Lisa, uh, Tammy and I uh, are rather new here. Uh, Tammy and I have been on a search for a while now. And I think it's safe to say that because of the love and because of the worship, uh, we sense and the Holy Spirit shares with me uh, that this is our home. That's a good thing. The last part of your message this morning, um, I wonder if we could repeat it again or repost it again, because the dynamic of the message this morning um, is simple, but it's very profound. As we as a church are moving forward uh, into this new journey, we as a country are also doing the very same thing. I got to spend the past uh, four months in Washington, D.C., and I can tell you that the uh, spirit of depression and the wickedness and the power of evil is ever-present there. But the Holy Spirit and the love of Jesus is not done. Amen. Yep. I had an opportunity to walk into an office of a senior member um, of the administration. And I was completely taken by surprise when he closed the door. He sat me down. Quite simply, we had a Subway sandwich together. And he looked at me and he said, Would you please pray? There are good people there in these high positions within our country, so please be encouraged. Mm. But I see the profoundness of the message this morning as we as a church body move forward. Our country will be doing the very same thing. Which, by the way, the the uh, just a prophetic word that I was sharing with you this morning, just Lord put that on Tammy McIntosh's heart, and just grateful for you being sensitive to the Lord and really ministering to our body that way. It was it was wonderful. Thank you, Damien. All right, um, you know, uh, last year and a half, you know, other than the obvious, uh, the fact that I have a new roommate that won't move out. Um, <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, and honestly, that's been part of it, is that it's God's kind of forced me to start really relying on Him. You know, as you know, the whole thing I was asked about, you know, as a family, the thing is, is that you know, when you've been on your own for a long period of time, you start to rely on what you think is right, and when you know, the only consequence is, oops, and no one finds out. Well, the only one who's going to suffer is me. Well, now it's a matter of there's other people involved. And their well-being is very important to me. And it's really come along to the point where I have, I hit things and I can't just sit here and freeze and wait till they figure it out. I have to rely on on, on the Father to do this. I can't do this. There's nothing I can do. I mean, I can only go so far. And then after that, it's out of my hands. And if it works out great, it's because God helped me. It's not because I'm lucky or I'm skilled or, you know, it's because I'm blessed. And, uh, you know, without relying on him, 
you become a worrying mess. Yes. And this way you can go, God, I give it to you. Relax, do the best you can, and follow his lead. Amen. Amen. I'll make it quick, I promise. So my 30 seconds is gratefulness, because that's been really hard. I'm not going to cry. But I am so grateful. And like today, like the Lord was saying to me this morning, get ready to share gratefulness. And I'm like, I don't know what that looks like other than sometimes just worship and singing. I'm like, okay, I'm going to enter in, and I'm going to, yeah, just go for it, you know, and give my whole heart. But I I'm just want to say I'm grateful. I know, because cancer really sucks. We all know. It sucks really bad. And that's my political correctness on how bad it sucks. But I am going to put a different spin and say that I'm grateful for it at the same time. Because I wouldn't think of my dad the same way now that I did before. That's changed a lot of things. Um, the way I think about my friends and others that are going through it and being more sensitive um, about what they're doing. So I'm just very grateful that I have a body that understands pain and suffering and is there to help you go through it instead of just watch you go through it. But all the love and all the support. So that's what I'm grateful for. Amen. Yeah, my name is Kumars, my wife Lisa and Isaiah. So what God taught me is understanding of the Bible, especially the Old Testament. I was wrestling with God when I was a new Christian on the Old Testament, Moses and how he led people out and the plagues and so on. And it's very, very disturbing to me in my journey. But then for the past two years, just God opened up something that was so marvelous, so incredible that he taught me exactly what Moses went through in my own real life, even though I'm not going through any of that. Uh, Showing so many things in nature, so many things among people, teaching me about things that I could not even have ever comprehended, even if I had put all the best brains in the world and tried to do it. So God made me so humble, and uh, I'm so grateful for that eternally. Just being on earth, going through it, understanding that. It's just so phenomenal. And I come from a culture of reincarnations and all kinds of belief system, but uh, what God taught me is profound greatness and his compassion through Jesus to die for people's, somebody else's sin. That is what just blew me off totally. So eternally grateful for that. Both his massiveness and greatness of God, you know, we can all look at his face, know about it more and more each day. At the same time, coming and dying for somebody else's sin and bearing it and loving them still, that is incredible. Amen. Amen. I think uh, I can look around and say I believe I know everyone else here a little bit better. I think everyone else could look around and say the same thing. Out of this little people that have come out of another people, I think in the last year and a half, two years, in my family, um, when we graduated high school, you scattered. So I grew up in Ohio, and I went into the Navy. My brother went to college in Florida and never returned. And uh, so about two years ago, I started praying to, for God to unite the family. And um, today, my brother has moved out here from Florida to join our families together and let our kids play together and raise together. And that is the new vision for my family to come together. But it is the same thing in this room, right? For our families to come together and not scatter. I'm just really grateful, and I think we all have that one heart of gratitude that God is alive, yeah. and he's alive in each of us, and every day is yep. a gift. Every day he's alive to show you, teach you, be himself in you as much as we allow him to. And even coming here, um, there's not 
too many of you that I know very well, but I feel a part of you. And Natasha, I didn't even know your name, but when you stood up and spoke, my heart said, you are a proclamation. Hmm. Your life is not defined by sickness or disease, but your life is a proclamation. So whatever God says to you in that and uses you in that, that's hit me in the core when you rose up. But this is living, and that's what you spoke last week. Oh, gosh, will I get correct? Um, it was about don't feed it and it will die. You know, whatever's in our lives, we all have that. We battle. We're flesh and blood. Whatever that is in our lives that is not life-giving, don't feed it and it will die. So that was a living word that you spoke to my belly last week, and I'm abiding in it. That's life, and we all have that because we're all in him. And so wherever we march on, whatever God has ahead, we can rejoice and be glad because it's living and it's glorifying and it's changing more and more every day into his likeness. And that's the heart of gratitude that I have. Amen. Amen. Glenn, I'm going to have you come up here. Go ahead, Lisa. Several have mentioned this morning the family that we have here. And I wonder if we really, really know the depth of that. There's been many times that my pain has been such that I wouldn't have gone to a big church. But I knew I could come and the family would understand. And I could be relaxed here. And I just thank the Lord for the family atmosphere that you have created here, Eric. And I just challenge all of us as we go into a different configuration with the sanctuary and pews and, and this type of thing, that we don't lose mm-hmm. that family, deep feeling. And we're going to have to purposely reach out to keep this, what we have gained this last year and a half, yeah. to keep it fresh yeah. and deep in all of us. Amen. Amen. Well, Louise, that goes with what the Lord has put on my heart, too. Um, some of you guys don't know, but I'm a counselor, so I get the honor of listening to people's pain and, and life struggles every day. And there is something out there um, that's not in here. There, most people are longing for a community where they can know and be known and just be who they are and, and get deeply fed and accepted and you know, just in the pain or the suffering, whatever it is, dancing with joy, whatever it is. And that's what this place is. That's what God is doing in this place. That's who we are as a people. And and like Louise said, I just agree that um, there's something there's something that's exciting about that. And I know for our family, we have, um, we're purposing to be getting to know you guys a little bit more you know, one-on-one, more, more deeply, so that we can just connect. Um, but, yeah, that's re- that really sets this place apart from, from any other. And, and people are longing for that. They might be doing life with people, but it's not by choice. And um, so we choose you guys and, and just how you are the hands and feet of Jesus. So bless you. Amen. I'm going to have uh, I'm going to have ask Glenn. Thank you for everyone who shared. I'm going to ask Glenn uh, just to share some things uh, in terms of our history and as we look forward, moving uh, into the uh, central, more central lo- North Shore area. I want him just to be able to share some things that I know will encourage you. Are we okay? All right. So, I am pumped. This morning, I am really, 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 really pumped. Do you guys believe in dreams? Especially when they're God-given dreams? What we are experiencing today is a God-given dream. And it's coming to pass. Yes. Approximately 35 years ago, I met a man 
who walked with me for 30 some odd years, and he put into me the dream that God had given him. That dream was a church that was alive and well and functioning in a city. And we talked and we talked and we talked and we talked. I'm pumped. The dream is coming to pass. We are at the doorway of this dream coming to pass in us and in the city. Okay? I'm going to try to stay to my notes because I could go on and on. The dream began to resonate in me, but it began to deaden in me as I sat in a city council meeting for 10 years. And I said, where is the church? Where is the church? The the city had needs. The city was looking for people to help them be a city, to become a better city. And I was sitting there every night saying to myself, Where in the world is the church? And because I sat on the city council of Kenmore, I was saying, where is the church in Kenmore? They were behind four walls. There were individuals who stepped forward, but the impact of the entire church in Kenmore could do a much better job than one person. One vote's great. 200 people coming together and helping to clean a city could save thousands of dollars that the city would otherwise have to put out each year. He He began to bring this dream forth just two months ago. Can you believe this? Just two months ago, I began to see God work. And as I watched him work, I got pumped, and I got pumped, and I got pumped. And I got pumped! I mean, really pumped. Because God was, God was doing a work. And it, it was deep in my soul that I saw this thing coming forth. Just a brief history. In Kenmore, we've not had room for churches Anybody coming into the city, looking for a spot, could not find a place. We have a community center. That community center has three churches every weekend having three services, Saturday, Sunday morning, and Sunday afternoon. We had a church that came in from back east somewhere, specifically to come into Kenmore, find a place, build a congregation, and affect the city. They moved to Bothell. No room at the end. And then God opened the door. Not a small little door, but to me it was humongous. Humongous door in our city. And on that door, I felt God saying, this is for you. This is for us. Okay, so I'm sitting at at a luncheon with the mayor of the city and the city manager. And they're expecting me to jump back into the fire, going back into the city council. And I told them that day I was resigning. Okay, so expectations were on different realms. After that meeting, the mayor said, I need to talk to you. He had been to a church just two weeks previously, and that church wanted to know what they could do to help in the city. How can we serve you, Mr. Mayor? So Mr. Mayor goes, and he, he talks to the people. And this is a Romanian church, and they have an interpreter. Because in a Romanian church, especially when you got first generation, second generations, etc., many were still Russian-speaking people. So he is talking through an interpreter. Says, 
this is what you can do to help with the city. Afterwards, the pastor comes up to him and says, can we pray for you? Now, our mayor is very stoic, to say the least, about his faith. But he is a Christian man. And they came up, and the elders laid hands and touched his face, just like this. Touched his face. And he said in that one moment, he felt the personal touch of God. He said, hey, Glenn, you've got to go see this church. You've got to go see this church. So I came back, talked to the elders. They gave me the okay to go see this church. So that was, I think, on the, come on. I think that was the 21st of September that I walked through the door of that church, met this pastor, and he is just beaming. He is full of the love of Christ. We talk for a moment. Then he escorts myself and the mayor down to sit in the front seat. I said, no, I'd rather sit over here off to the side. You know, I don't want anything. But that morning, he blesses me for my service, gives me flowers for my wife, and thank me just for what we did over 10 years. And then as we're talking outside the service, I talked about the church, this church, and I said, um, talked about the church and what we needed. I said, we need a spot in Kenmore. We need a place in Kenmore. He says, come talk to me this week. So that week, check this out. I want to give you dates because dates are important. So I was, talk, I was talking to the mayor on August 26th. September 21st, we went and talked to this Romanian pastor. I should say, we went to church. And then we went to the Romanian pastor on the 26th, and we began to talk. And these two guys clicked. I mean, really, really clicked. The love of God just went <clears throat> And we began to talk. He says, what do you need? And so he says, let's put something together. So we put something together. Okay, so that was the 26th. On the 7th of October, we sent 15 spies into our promised land. Okay, 15 spies went into the promised land. And we looked. He talked us through the building. And then we sat down for an hour and I asked, what's the report? Where are you? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? And everything was positive. There were no negative comments like the Israelites when they sent their spies into the land, but our spies came out positive. 20, uh, October 24th, we sought more input as an eldership. Yeah. And then on October 31st, Eric and I sat down with the pastor again to review a contract. We are very, very, very close to a contract. I think if it's not already signed. But we're very close to signing that off. And here we are. The door has been tossed wide open. And God says, this is for us. Do you believe in dreams? I do. Especially when they're God-inspired. As I said, the man who touched me 35 years ago was this man's dad. Okay, he put the dream in my heart, but that dream came from God to me. I bet the two of them, he and Jesus, are out there just beaming, just laughing, having the raucous conversation because this is already planned. This is already planned. Our entrance to the city of Kenmore was already planned. And I, don't, I may have mentioned it before, but Pastor Russell has a heart for the city. When that came out, in my heart, because I can sense we can work miracles in the city of Kenmore by joining arms. And that's just the beginning. Just the beginning. We know of a church down south that has 30 churches in a, 
in a network and they saved the city $250,000 in one day's cleaning. $250,000. What can they do with $250,000 in Kenmore if we have all the churches involved? But that joint vision is in my heart. And I can see us taking it further and further and further. Finally, the reality is God's performance a miracle among us. I see it as a miracle, do you? Less than two months. Less than two months, he puts this on our doorstep. And now he's saying, take up your stakes and follow me. So let's follow him. Amen. Todd, Todd, you want to come up here? Just briefly want to share some important announcements with you as we prepare to uh, pull up stakes here. Yes, I want to announce the yellow cards that you have seen and probably have already read. But if not, this is our last Sunday here. So uh, we will begin our new services next Saturday at 6 p.m. at the City on a Hill Church. That's the name of it. The address is on the card. So I think everybody understands that, but just want to announce that. Uh, Number two, the ladies will be having a holiday brunch on December 13th at the Trout's house. It's the... Oh, it's the 12th or 13th. So the... It's going to happen sometime mid-December from 10-ish to 1-ish. So bring an hors d'oeuvre or a salad. See, if guys were doing this, it would be like bring a sandwich or a piece of meat. But that's okay. And, uh, and a gift to exchange. That sounds good. Uh, and then uh, we also have a prayer walk every Friday at the University of Bothell campus. Uh, that begins at 10 a.m. if you want to join the prayer walk. It You meet at the UW2 Commons. That's at 10 a.m. And the last announcement is the Christmas party on December 5th at my house. And the time is yet to be determined, but uh, that's going to be a fun time. Becca Lohman. They're right there. Come on up here. Gonna have to get the microphone from him. This could be an awkward one if you try and share with me. <laughs> okay, so uh, we are having a Christmas service in December, and um, my mom is going to bring her talents in music and drama, and we're going to incorporate the kids and do a really fun, simple Christmas program with them. And so um, it's on one hand, it's off the cuff because this is like three weeks away, right? On the other hand, she's amazing at pulling awesome things together in a short amount of time. So it can be done, and I know it's going to be awesome. However, we need um, the parental involvement, because as the kids commit to their parts, we have to make sure they're here, because we're going to practice um, on Saturdays during, uh, during Adventure Kids. So um, if your child is interested in being a part of that and wants to commit to that, then we would just like to talk with you and just um, make sure you're aware of the commitment and the expectations with that. And um, kids can be in it without having to get up and say a part. You know, we'd love for them all to be involved. Um, So we are going to talk about that in Adventure Kids today. And then um, if your child wants to do that, um, I'm going to send them to you after service, and then you can come to that round table back there and w- after service, and we'll just um, kind of brief you on what we talked about, what your child wants to do, um, and we'll give you the materials for it. So I'm excited. So that's, uh, that is Saturday night, December 20th. We'll be kind of our, we'll just make that our, our regular service. We'll incorporate that into the, the regular service, so that'll be a, a great time together. 
Uh, we want to dismiss the kids at this time, but I want to just have all the children stand up. All the kids that are in Adventure Kids, have all Adventure Kids stand up. I want to thank you kids for all of your work. Um, we, you guys love to come here, and I know you're going to start going through withdrawals because uh, we don't have all the balls and the toys and the hoops and the stuff to play with at the new facility. But you guys have done a great job working hard to help us clean up after we're finished here uh, every Sunday. And so thank you for working and doing that. We want to give you guys a hand. All right, you are dismissed. I also want to I want to thank our children's ministry team, starting with Justin and Becca as they're walking out with our kids. They have done an amazing work uh, with our children. It's getting better. Cunningham's are a part of that. Crouches are a part of that. Emmert's, different ones who work very, very hard each week to make that a wonderful experience for our kids. Uh, our hospitality team, want to say thank you to you guys. There are our beverage crew back there. We've got our audio and video team. Thank you so much. Our uh, worship team and band, things would be pretty boring each week, you know, if we didn't have that. So thank you for what you do to serve. Our facilities teams who are part of the setup and teardown and uh, all that is amazing. Thank you to everyone for your contribution. This is a family. This is a community. Um, it requires all hands on deck. And uh, so thank you for being a part of everything that we do. Uh, Joanne, you constantly bring in yum uh, snacks and different things, different people who contribute. Um, we really, really appreciate that.